0: Welcome to the Evolution of Parenting. I'm Yorona.
1: And I'm Robert.
0: And we're both Advanced Certified Life Coaches who met during our certification program. Through our coaching sessions, we connected as parents from two different perspectives. Robert, who's the parent of adult children, and myself, the parent of a five-year-old. We both came to recognize that the role of parenting never stops, but it does change. In fact, it has to change, and if we've developed a strong, healthy relationship with boundaries and a strong sense of autonomy, we will be able to remain with our children long after we're gone.
1: What makes this podcast unique is the parenting experiences and perspectives that each of us bring to the table, as well as our backgrounds in child development and education. Each episode, will explore a different topics related to parenting. We hope to give you, the listener, some insight and takeaways and how you can relate this to your experiences as a parent. This episode is all about curiosity and exploration. It kind of tags on to the last episode we did about integrity.
0: So, when Robert and I have, were having this whole discussion around curiosity, and I was trying to think about different stories on you know, my experience both as a parent, but also my experience as a child when it came to curiosity and exploration, I was thinking about two different things. One, I was thinking about how Connor, um, I mean, he loves to explore, he loves to explore outdoors, indoors. He's a very energetic child and very social. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed is over time, his likes and interests change. And in the honor of letting him explore, In curiosity, without any kind of judgment over what he's exploring, I have learned that sometimes he chooses one thing, sometimes he chooses another, and they sometimes seem completely oppositional for each other, but often it works for him. I have a really adorable story, actually, that just came to mind. All right my my brother-in-law came out from israel where i actually am currently while we're recording this i'm actually recording this from israel from my sister's home in her office which is really funny but um my brother-in-law was in the states and my son and i went up to visit him and we met up at the american dream mall and there is uh there's a you know there's a lot of different things there but one thing i realized is there's a -A build-a-bear there and we had never gone to build-a-bear before so he and i went into build-a-bear and he found a a bunny and he made this whole bunny and he found batman clothes for the bunny and then decided to call it bun man but you know in that bun man
1: love (laughs) it i thought it. it was really
0: cute um And then they gave us a a gift card to get more stuff and accessories. So when we got home, we were online and I was looking at different things a few days later with him. And on it, he sees this sword. It was a a stuffed plushy sword thing. So of course he's got to get a sword because that's my son Mm, (laughs) currently. And then he saw, and then what we ended up getting along with that was camo boxers, a red t-shirt and a princess tiara. He was determined to get that princess tiara. Okay. And I said, this is something he likes. And so we get, went ahead and we got those things. And I even have the most adorable picture of him holding Bond Man. you know, and here he is, Bond Man's fighting with the sword, but then he's also wearing his tiara. And I'm like, you know what? This is good. This is him exploring and getting into his own, you know, what works for him, what doesn't. Something appeals let them lean into what appeals to them. They're going to find their way through the things that appeal and don't appeal. And whereas now he's very into Minecraft and he's very into a lot of things like that and Legos, you know, once upon a time it was Play-Doh and it was Paw Patrol and it was, so it's all about letting him explore those things. And what I came to realize was, it's is he safe? Is he secure? Yeah. And then nothing, the rest of it doesn't matter. It's going to be what he eventually inevitably lands on. When I think about it from my perspective, when I was a child, my mother loved acting and singing and she used to do a lot of community theater. And as we, me and my sisters got older, I also grew a love of singing and acting. And when I was a senior in high school, she and I took a long trip up to the University of Maine and there I did an audition for their music department and I ended up getting in, which was great but i ended up declining to go there and in that in that experience i knew that there was a part of her that was disappointed because that was her dream but it was her dream and she didn't let her disappointment in me not following her dream dictate what i was planning on doing for my life
1: it's great yeah, yeah. I've had similar experiences with my kids uh, growing up. It it got a little more interesting as they got older um, because the, the consequences became a little greater. The cost of exploration went up a little bit. And I'm thinking in particular of when my t- uh, kids played sports and I would coach them. And when they were very young, you know, kindergarten age, as a coach, you know, you, you really celebrate the fact that you can just get them going the right direction, you know, and 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 just maybe only six people go to the ball instead of all twelve or, what, or whatever. So it's it's the little victories that count. But you know, there's a, that issue in parenting where our kids want to try something, and there's a commitment to a team, and then at some point maybe the kid loses interest or has a bad experience or whatever, and they say, oh, I don't want to do this. I want to quit. And as a parent, you have that struggle to say, oh, should I let my child quit or should I encourage them to keep going? So, that, you know, there's that issue of what do I do? And there's not really a right or wrong solution as much as there might be, um, again, helping them find that boundary for themselves. How are they going to make that decision for themselves? And what are they going to do when they're on their own? So, you know, they might want to do it. They might want to play sports. They might want to take piano lessons. They might not want to take piano lessons. We got my youngest son piano lessons and because we thought he was good, right? We thought he had talent. Oh, let's get him piano lessons. And here's a funny part of that. He started taking piano lessons. He's doing really well. So what do we do as parents with, again, to your point about our dreams, we we'll right. go buy a baby grand piano.
0: Oh my goodness
1: now that sounds extravagant and we got a really good deal so like just don't you know don't freak out there's a really good deal but we buy our baby grand piano thinking our child's going to come home from these lessons he's just going to play these wonderful concertos on the piano someday and we'll be in carnegie hall watching him play on stage he never played that piano except oh, my goodness. wow wow he Tried it out the first time he brought it in and he and but because he was doing something with piano that we didn't understand. He was exploring it. He was curious about he was exploring his own talent Mm -hmm. and we were having to manage our own expectations for what he was doing.
0: Exactly. And so that's the interesting thing. And this is something I talk to a lot of parents about. When your child shows an interest in something, if you can allow them to dabble in it to whatever means you're capable of allowing them to do so, that is wonderful. But don't get so disappointed when they don't continue to follow down that path. Because if they're dabbling, they're experiencing it through their dabbling and don't need the pressure to perform at that point from you. You know, uh, because kids will go through a host of things. But what's very interesting is that psychologically, we actually have research and data that shows that children who are allowed the ability to explore massive varieties of different things, whether that be music and theater and art versus and, and sports and um, debate classes and all these different things, you know, rather than being pushed into something and then being forced to stay there because your parents invest a ton of time, money and energy and effort into that, you know, what ends up at the end of the day is that the pressure builds anxiety and breeds resentment mm-hmm. towards that thing but yeah. when the the less pressure the, that is the more freedom the child has to feel that they comfort in dabbling and expo- exploration but you know there has to be a balance there right we do want to teach them responsibility and we do want to teach them patience and we do want to teach them that sometimes not everything you do is going to be super easy and there's going to be a learning curve and it's going to take practice. So we want to teach them all of those things. But at the same time, when it gets to a point where, you know, the first and foremost thing your child should always be able to tell you is, I really don't want to do this with my life. I really don't want to move this way in this direction. I really don't want to go further with this. This is great. I've enjoyed this experience. But we do have research and data that back up that the more kids are capable of doing that and young adults as well, then the more secure they become in the eventual inevitable um, place that they find themselves because they've had that freedom and time to explore and so I say, take you know, think outside the box. If you economically aren't capable of letting them explore a multitude mm-hmm. of things, try to think outside the box for outside the box resources for that, like the Boys and Girls Clubs, um, you know, all of these different things. But there are so many outside the box thought processes that you could have. And there are a ton of research resources that are out there that, you know, oh, my kid is showing an interest in art. Oh, well, there are free art classes at the y every yeah. uh, you know once a month okay it might not be weekly it might not be multiple times a week but that's better right and then at home yeah. if you can buy a small arts and crafts you know or easel or something like that great and let them practice at home make a space for them at home wonderful and it becomes that balance and then one day your kid push, puts the brush down and says you know what I'm more interested in graphic arts, you know, and I'm gonna go explore that now. Great, wonderful. But again, it's like you you putting as a parent putting pressure on your child to continue forward in a certain thing is only going to be breed resentment. And I think that what's so important and critical is having the conversation with your kids. Is this? Are you comfortable? Every once in a while, doing a check in with them. Are you happy with art? How does it make you feel? Not. Not just when you see resistance, but actually on a regular basis. What do you love about art? What do you love? What do you not love so much? Okay, what's one way you could make that thing that you don't love a little bit easier for yourself? And exploring with them in that realm gives them the safety and security to do that exploration.
1: That's an excellent point. And it also is good to check in uh, when kids are successful at what they're doing because we often think of like the negative, right? Oh, I don't want to do this. I'm tired of doing this. I'm frustrated. I can't do this. Okay, we understand that. But oftentimes you have the other side of that is kids are very successful at what they're doing. That doesn't necessarily mean they like what they're doing. I have seen so many kids in sports and artistic activities in the, in the US that stop doing it because they're by the time they get to high school they're literally burned out of it they've played so much travel ball aau they've been to so many concerts and on so many experiences Mm -hmm. that it's like their their curiosity got overwhelmed by the responses to their talent that's something they're good at and now they don't want to do it anymore it becomes a job i was talking to a drummer for Mm -hmm. a for a a Christian artist who was in town one time. And I said, Hey, you know, when you're not on the road, you, you play the drums at home. He said, Are you kidding? <laughs> I play the drums for my job. I do that every day, every concert. I do not want to play the drums. And at some point, that kid started off loving just to play the drums freestyle, and then it became a job. And yeah. it changes. So, we, so there's both sides of the coin. Yeah, interested, and when they're uh, super talented at something, we want to uh, keep it going. I was very blessed when we were overseas with our kids that for varsity sports, the seasons were built in a way that they could play multiple varsity sports, recognizing that the kids in our high school were not going to go to D1 schools on scholarships. Not going to happen. That wasn't the level of competition. That was available but they could play different sports with their friends for different seasons
0: and you know that brings up two things too for me as i was thinking about it what you were talking about before you know if somebody's really good at something and this goes back to what we talked about with motivation i believe we were talking about that at one point in one of our other episodes mm-hmm. but when we talk about motivation Somebody being optimally motivated to something, you know, your child being optimally motivated means that they have both the intrinsic motivation to do it, Mm -hmm. meaning that they are intrinsically capable of doing that thing, but also that they like doing that thing. Yeah. I remember when I was in, in high school, I was really good at math. It just came naturally to me. I was really good at it, but I didn't like it. So those two things need to pair really well. You need to have not just the desire to do something, the, the actual, the, the capability to do something, but also the desire to do something. You need yeah. to want to do that thing, not just be pushed into it because you are good at it. Yeah. And I think that those two pieces of motivation, now your, your motivation is going to always ebb and flow when it comes to, you know, curiosity and exploration though. Um, It's so great to be able to say, I'm going to take a break from this and come back to it because I want to explore this and have that feeling of like, you're not pressuring yourself and no one else is also putting that pressure on because then you have that freedom to make the conscious choice Mm -hmm. to move forward, continue forward with that thing that you're gifted and want to do. You know, you're gifted at and want to do. Now, the other thing about that, that I was thinking is the aspect of curiosity when it comes to, you know, all that life has to offer when we don't have a lot of space to offer it. Mm -hmm. It can be very limiting when you have a cultural issue with that, or, you know, you, your parents aren't offering that, but your school is, or your school is offering that, but your parents won't allow it. Um, You know, so your curiosity almost feels detrimental to your well-being. And I think that one of the things that we often, we put people in places where if something is not a piece of the norm in in our world, we otherize it and we Mm -hmm. fear it. And we, and whether we purposely talk about it or not in front of our kids, they pick up on the fact that we're otherizing that thing. Yeah. And then when we, especially from the child's perspective, want to explore that thing, mm-hmm. but we don't feel like we have the freedom to do so, even if we have the means, there it doesn't feel like there's a safe space to do it. Yeah. And it, it becomes something that I must be, something must be wrong with me for wanting to explore this thing. Mm-hmm. And, Again, so I go back to like the idea of checking in with your kids always to see where are you you at? Where's your head at? How are you feeling about X, Y, Z? And what, if anything, do you want to have happen with your life in this area? You know, in your professional world, life, in your personal life, and so on. Because I think that that's really a key development issue that we often stumble across is as as we as a, as a civilization, as a society, as you know human beings evolve and continue forward, things change. Mm-hmm. And when we fear what we don't know just simply because we don't know it but we haven't actually allowed ourselves to explore it, we may be cutting well cutting something off that is a necessity for our children.
1: You bring up so many excellent points, and one of them I would I would tag on to the check-in part. As, um, ask them, are you enjoying the thing you're doing, especially if you're good at it, when they're really good at it? Are you enjoying that thing or are you enjoying the attention that you get from doing that thing well?
0: Yeah. Because
1: I did not realize how much that was a part of some of the of the, the experiences of, of my kids as they got older mm-hmm. and they did well, especially in sports. You know, there comes this attention, you know, when you're part of a winning team, okay. Right. Um, or you can do a particular sport or a particular uh, artistic, you have an artistic talent that you do very well. There's a tension that comes with that yeah. and helping them navigate that, that understanding the difference between, do you like playing basketball yeah. or do you like the attention that you get because you play basketball well, it's yeah. okay to do both. But you can have kids that are more motivated by the attention they're getting than yeah. the actual thing that they're doing. And that can have a negative impact later. They might come to you later. So, like, you know what? I I really hated playing basketball. Yeah. What that's do true. you mean you hate to play basketball? You're so good at it. Like, everybody loved it. You're like, yeah, that's the point. Everybody loved me playing basketball. That didn't mean I loved it. Right.
0: Me. Exactly. Yeah. Same, and I think same. it's also
1: good. Yeah it's a good thing to check in as a parent to say where am i with this and yeah. to your point about what a, a kid might bring to you uh, maybe it's something that you've never explored right, right. You, you grew up in a different situation where you didn't have an opportunity to travel yeah. or to interact with people of other cultures or people that speak other languages or people that have other talents and so as a parent you might not you might not know how to Encourage that yep. because you don't have it. Right. Let the child lead. Follow your child. Follow
0: Let your them child. walk
1: you into it and say like, hey, let's, uh, I really was fascinated by language. Yeah. And I wanted to to, to dig in that a little bit more. Would you do something with me? Like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's learn Spanish together or whatever, you know, yeah. you, as a parent. And again, scoping out. We want people who are open to what the world has to offer. Yes. Right. That's our goal. Yes,
0: absolutely. And I, and I want to say two things because you, you also, you brought these up too. You started to talk about when you check in with your kid and the kid says, you know, well, it, it was everybody else that wanted them to do that. This same thing, and I'm just going to touch on this for a moment. This same thing can happen in relationships. And when our kids are first starting on the relationship path. They may choose somebody that everybody else likes, and then they may stay with that person because everybody else likes that person. Yeah. But they don't really. And they make a choice, a conscious choice based on other people's, you know, things. So that's a little bit outside the weeds of this curiosity and exploration. But a lot of people do start exploration in relationships. And when they're exploring and they're saying, yay, nay, no, this one, yes, this one, no, this one, maybe, you know, and they're going in that direction. A lot of times the reasons why we stay with somebody or leave somebody are from external pressures of other people telling mm-hmm. us, well, this is this person's a doctor and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have a secure life and blah, blah blah. And so they are pushing us into that stick with it type of yeah. mentality. So you know, at the end of the day, it's really your choice. So I wanted to say that. And then um, the other thing that I wanted to to note, which is something that popped up in my brain earlier, Um, is about boredom when it comes to curiosity and exploration. Mm -hmm. So in this day and age, we have a tendency, especially in the U.S. and Western cultures, to think that we need to keep our kids busy at all times to keep them busy with playing 10 different sports and this different, this, and have their day as scheduled as possible. So they're going to school and then they're going to have dance class and then they're going to have this. Mm -hmm. And then on this weekend, it's this, and this weekend it's karate and this weekend it's soccer and blah, 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 you know, where are you building in space for boredom? Because here's another known fact in psychology wise and development wise, we know that boredom breeds creativity. But if you're not allowing your child to have the space to be a little bit bored, find a little themselves in some just downtime where they have to start using their imagination to entertain themselves and come up with things, what ends up happening is this inability to have their brain rest and make new neural connections. And that's the truth. The truth is that the boredom allows for your kid's brain to rest because it's not being asked to do 10,000 things externally. And now it can start to recreate things inside the brain of like, ooh, I can, you know what? Maybe I can come up with a new game. It's gonna be, you know, this is where Connor came up with keepy-uppy on the swing Mm -hmm. (laughs) because so now (laughs) we play this game and it's a whole system of points and all sorts of stuff where we have an an indoor swing in our house that come hangs down from one of our doorways and he can swing like a maniac on that thing. We also have like a rope ladder and all sorts of stuff. It's one of those pull-up bars for adults, but it's also got carabiners that attaches the swing. So now we have this whole game where we blow up a balloon and then we play keepy uppy with the ball while he's swinging well with the balloon while he's swinging and then he has to score to get it in one room i have to score to get another oh there's a negative for the scores if if one person (laughs) does that and he comes up with these rules and it's so funny and it's because we're just allowing that downtime to give him that place where the neural synapses are firing and reconnecting new places. But if your kid is so scheduled throughout the day that all they have time for is school, all their 10,000 different after after school, uh, adult supervised activities and or sports where again, it's adult supervision and all this sort of stuff. Your kids aren't just free to explore and also explore with their friends. When I was growing up, I used to just, we used to come up with all sorts of things because after school, once our homework was done, we had time to play. And with play comes the freedom to build your own imagination and creative, you know, just create an environment that you and your friends are navigating through together. And that's the other piece of this. Navigation with your peers is very different than navigation with adult supervision and adult oversight of and coaches, and this and that. When Mm -hmm. kids have a space where they can play together, what you'll see are the natural leaders, the natural followers, the natural troubleshooters, the natural troublemakers, the natural. You'll start to see the personalities come out when they have that together without the adults trying to intervene. And then they'll start to build their imagination when it comes to troubleshooting and how to navigate a game of oh, you're not playing according to the rules. This isn't fair. Or this person's naturally inclined to be faster. This person's really good at hiding. This person, you know, all of those things are necessary. And we forget that because in this day and age of moving so fast, we think we have to constantly entertain our kids or keep them busy. We don't. We don't have to keep them busy. I promise you, you will give their brain the time that it needs to. Just actually absorb all the information and start to compute it all, and figure out where that information fits in to their life.
1: Yeah, and, and I've been there. Is that you know, especially as they start to get older, the tendency is to e- equate busyness with curiosity, mm-hmm. or business with um, expanded opportunity,
0: right? Yeah. Expanded opportunity. And it's not
1: necessarily, again, who's leading. Right. Is it you or is it the child? Yeah. And I think that's a good conversation to have as they start to get older. And you can have this conversation. It's it's not a difficult conversation. Hey, what would be fun to do? And we also understand, look, kids don't have the big picture. They don't know everything that's possible out there. So as parents, of course, we're going to bring things into the mix. Of course, we're going to make suggestions. Of course, we're going to even kind of key off our own experiences. That's that's perfectly normal to do. And we have to do it because our kids don't come fully loaded you know, yeah. with all of the options in their head. That's not yes. what I'm talking about. What I'm more talking about is who is deciding which things will be done and who is determining what their schedule will be. Right. Right. And to your point, and I think, you know, I'm going to make this argument um, in part because I enjoy them and my kids enjoy them, you know, that's a perfect opportunity for video games, especially ones like Minecraft, um, yeah. Fortnite, I mean, there's some really fun ones out there that, that kids can explore, you got to be intelligent about it, and there's got to be boundaries to it, we talked about yeah. that, we understand, yeah. that's not what I'm saying, but sometimes there's some digital spaces that kids want to play in because it's it's out there, right? That's true. Without without curiosity, we wouldn't have AI.
0: That's true. Uh, Though I will say this too, that if if you're more geared to be an indoor type of person, yeah, then you are probably going to explore things indoors with your kids. But if you see an outdoor bent to your child, you don't want to take that away from them simply because it's not something you find interesting because you want to be able to allow them that um, opportunity. So, you know, and I think all this is to say that there is a space for a parent to be able to lead and there's a space for the child to be able to lead lead. And I believe that with children, their space should be in the lead of curiosity, dabbling around, you know, creating that, renaissance attitude i don't know if you've ever heard of that the, what a renaissance man is but it's that's somebody who who um is capable and confident in doing many a multitude of things and right. a big part of that is because you've had the room to explore all those different areas
1: right yeah. and we have uh, we have intentionally not gone way deep into this conversation in part because you know it there's a time factor and in part because Delving delving into curiosity exploration as young adults or as older teenagers becomes a little bit more problematic, not problematic, but more complicated in the sense that, you know, it triggers things in us. There's things in them that they're trying to, to deal with. So we will touch on it lightly, but we won't push too far because this is not really that episode. We could do a whole episode just on this this part, but uh and I know that you've had some stories to share. Yeah, for sure.
0: And we, you know, when it comes right down to it, if there's something that concerns you in your child's exploration, I would encourage you, and I know Robert would as well, to delve deeper in what it is that's really concerning to you about that. Right. Is it based off of your own fears? Is it based off of a fear that your child's going to hurt themselves or someone else? Hmm. Um, Or is it based off of some biases that you may have? Because I think that's a really important thing to delve into and pay attention. Um, Am I having a bias towards this? And is that the reason why? So, yeah. And I guess we're gonna just tell you guys that we know this is a complex subject and we know we don't tend to delve too deep because we could go into a multitude of different ways. So we're just scratching the surface but we want to, as always, wish you happy parenting, and may the evolution of your parenting skills be ever in your paper.
1: Absolutely.